KWFM and HD, Bridgeport, Syracuse, WTKV, Mineto, Oswego. Live from Carabas, the Coach Jim Beheim Show with Gomez on TK99 and TK105. Back for hour two here live at Carabas Italian Grill in the Fayetteville Town Center. Welcome. It's Gomez uh, from the Gomez and Lisa Show along with head coach Jim Beheim. Phone lines are open here. It's 424-8599. You can dial up. We'll get you on hold, and uh, you can talk to the coach right about now. Coach, hey, how are you doing? I'm good. Just a little midweek uh, well, break there for you. Not a break because you're still obviously practicing and working oh, yeah. hard, but it's at least a week of no travel, so that must help a little bit. Well, you're trying to practice and work on things that you don't get a chance to work on when you're playing every other day or every two or three days. So uh, we played six games, seven games in about 24 days, so 21 days every three. So, you know, you play that many games, and – you know, now you get some time to work on things. Sometimes it helps, sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, uh, you know that's just a break during this time of year, and we're trying to use it uh, to get better as a team. That's what we're really, really trying to do. Let's just get better and uh, get ready for the stretch run. Uh, every team you play, you can beat, and every team you play could beat you if you don't play well. So that's just the nature of college basketball in general and this league in particular. Uh, a lot of good players, a lot of good teams, and uh, it doesn't matter who you're playing. I was listening to uh, Coach uh, Griffin earlier, and you're talking about uh, Marek and the big guys just trying to uh, – a question came up about – uh, and we talk about it all the time, getting some weight on them. And, well, and he said they work. You know, they, they're, they're eating protein shakes and happen. they're working out. But it's just some guys, just their DNA, is it's it's not going to work. Some guys don't gain weight. You it's know, just it's just the work. way it is. You know, some guys do. Some guys can pick it up. But when you're running and practicing full speed and run all the time, uh, the food you eat, you have to eat a lot just to maintain your weight. A lot of times guys lose weight during the season. So um, you're trying to maintain it. It's very difficult to actually gain weight. And, uh, you know, you've got to be a big eater. And neither one of uh, those guys are big eaters. They just don't like to eat a lot. And, you know, that happens too. You know, we've had guys. We had a guy, Alvaro Cena, came in here. He was 6'11", 210. And the next year he was 250. He gained 40 pounds. And literally one year he just Wow. Eight, four or five times a day, and he was one of those guys that just could fill out. And, uh, you know, but that, and football players do that all the time. You see guys come in here 6'4", 220, and they, they're 280, 300, you know, gaining 60 to 80 pounds. Some guys can do it. Uh, other guys, in basketball, it's a little harder because of all the running up and down. As far as the uh, most recent game, uh, an exciting game, Coach, just being in the crowd and being a part of the 32,000-plus uh, that were yeah, on the hand. Fans were great. Fun atmosphere, and, yeah. again, the reason why guys like to come and play for places like Fans were great. They did a great job. They've done a great job all year. We haven't played as well as we'd like to at home. That's been a very big disappointment. We've actually played a little better on the road, but uh, we haven't played as well as we'd like to at home, and that's it's always disappointing. You know, the fans have been great. They've supported us right from the very beginning of the year. They've been good, noisy. Uh, you know, we just haven't played as well here as we'd like to, and we'll try to get better down the stretch here. Coach K and on his uh, post game had uh, nice uh, comments about uh, Merrick and the way he's yeah. playing. After well, he's played close. You know, he's been a good player since he came here. Uh, he's gotten a little bit more aggressive offensively. Um, he benefits from playing with the three perimeter guys we have because they keep the defense spread. So he gets room in there to operate because they're worried about our shooters. So that's helped Merrick, and uh, he's helped uh, our shooters as well. He's a very good passer, but. 
he continues to get better, and I think he's still going to get better. I think he's got an upside to, to continue to get better. Uh, over the summer, I think he works on his shooting. I think he's got a chance to really, really be a good player and, uh, you know, just imp- keep working to improve his shot. I think Obama is going to get better because this is his first full year of playing. Our guards are going to get better. Quincy, you know, we got some young guys that are, are going to get better. You know, Redshirt and John Ball, Redshirt and Robert, uh, I think they can both get better and be good college players. So uh, I, I like where our young guys are and how they're getting better. Hey, we're just getting started here. Uh, we're live at Carabas Italian Grill at the Fayetteville Town Center. Phone lines are open here. It's 424-8599. You can dial up. We'll get you on hold. And a lot of questions to get to, obviously. And a pair of tickets to the uh, Georgia Tech game that we'll have and give away a little bit later on this hour. Uh, call right now. We'll get you on with the coach on uh, the home for SU basketball. We'll be right back. Live from Carabas, the Coach Jim Beheim Show with Gomez on TK99 and TK105. Back live at the Carabas, it's uh, Gomez along with head coach Jim Beheim. You can uh, call right now. It's 424-8599. If you want to get on hold here, we'll put you right on with the coach. Talk about the most uh, recent game, the upcoming game, uh, some of the NBA trades there that I know you talked a little bit about in the last hour. I know one of the... The big ones, uh, Deion Waiters, headed, yeah. uh, out of Miami, and well, he they just had too many guys. He was he played pretty well in the one game he came back, but he's you know he's at the peak right now of his prime of his career. He needs to get to this place and play. You know, uh, it'll be tough. Memphis has played pretty well this year, but Deion uh, needs to get someplace and show what he can do. And that Miami Heat now uh, look. Pretty good. They're pretty strong with what they. Well, they're the surprise team. They put together. Jimmy Butler's played unbelievable. Um, really been <laughs> probably the most valuable player in the league. He plays point guard and can play the two or three. You know, he can play power forward if he has to. He's a tremendous player, and they've put guys around him that are really good. Pat Riley's a, the, one of the best in the business at putting teams together. Got a couple big guys that are coming along, young guys. They got young guards, two guards nobody wanted, Robinson and uh, a kid that played against us from Oakland. They, uh, um, you know, really good player, and uh, they were out of the league last year. <laughs> so, uh, he, he, uh, he, Tyler Hero from Kentucky and Doran, Doran Drogic from uh, Warren Drogic was really good player. They got four guards and they've got good inside guys and. They're easily the surprise team in the league. And if Andre can get in there, Iguodala give them a lift. I mean, he's a veteran guy, knows how to win. Uh, they can make a run in the East in the playoffs. They got a chance. <laughs> Not a slam dunk for uh, the Bucks the, anymore then. Well, I mean, the 76ers picked up two guys that can help them, two guys that can score, which they haven't been. They've got a lot of good players, but they haven't fit together very well. They've got odd players, not not a lot of shooters. Um, so I think they've helped themselves. But those are the teams. And Toronto. Toronto's really good. The East is a lot better than people thought it would be. Uh, there's, there's three or four really good teams in the East. And, uh, you know, we'll see. I think, obviously, still the Lakers out West and the Clippers. Uh, we'll see how it all works out but pro basketball is in pretty good shape pretty good balance Four two four eight five nine nine is the number to call uh, dial up we'll put you on with the coach steve back for round two in north syracuse steve thanks for calling back go ahead and you're on with the coach well 
firstly, Coach, I heard your discussion of, of uh, lacrosse and their dependence on, on face-offs, and I agree with you that uh, basketball's way ahead of them on that, but uh, there is one more thing they could take from basketball if they insist on having all of these face-offs, and that is uh, why not toss the ball up rather than dropping it down so that more guys could have a shot at it. Well, I don't think that would work either very good, but uh, I just I just think that when you score, the other team should get the ball and you go down and play. I mean, that's just that's way they do it in football and basketball, and, and uh, you know, I think that's just the way it should be, and, and it would be better for the game. You, you're so reliant on that face-off guy. If you don't have a good one, you almost can't win. So, uh, you know, it's... Uh, it's a great game. I love lacrosse. It's a really pretty game to watch. And uh, I think we're going to have a really good team this year. And it's fun to, fun to watch. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we don't have to have Barama uh, jump the ball up after each basket. We might be in trouble there. Uh, we're not getting many of those tips. <laughs> now, um, uh, Coach, of the, last, uh, of the first 17 games we shot, 37% from three-point range over the last five games. It's 27%. I right. realize the other team is trying to take the three-point shot away from us, but it's for, That's it's exactly something, right. for something to be really a strength, uh, I think uh, uh, it, it's got to be something we can still do even if the other team is trying to stop us. How can we well, get the three-point game going again? Well, you have to understand something. The idea, Steve, is to score points enough to win. And when they're playing us that far outside in the last four games that we played, even though we obviously didn't win two, we, we very easily could have won the Clemson game, but we won the two games before that. And we scored enough points. And we scored those points going inside because the defense was so spread out, taking away that three, that you, you get to drive. You get to get to the basket. Um, and so you, you take advantage of that. Um, we're getting... A lot of it's not like we're not taking threes, we're getting threes, and we're getting pretty good ones. Uh, but we, you know, you're going to have spells where you don't make them. But the thing is, they're playing so pressure, so tight. That's why Elijah can drive, that's why Marek can drive and get to the basket and, uh, you know, score points. So the object is to score points. And uh, if they're going to do everything they can to take away threes, that makes it very difficult to get good looks. You don't want to force them up there because you don't make a lot of force threes. So, so you got to take advantage of what they're giving you, and uh, that's what we're trying to do and try to continue to do. The object is, are we scoring enough points to win? And the answer to that is yes. Our defense has not been as good as it needs to be to win a couple games that we lost. Well, we'd be tough to stop if we went back to shooting 37%. So, uh, well, I'd like to. I don't think you can shoot 37% if they pressure you that much. Mm-hmm. That's okay. that's the, the thing. If they're going to put that much emphasis on pressuring, overplaying, getting out on you, um, then it's, it's hard to shoot a high percentage out there. You end up taking bad threes, and you don't want to do that. Okay, thank you, Coach. Thanks, Steve. Hey, thanks, Steve. Thanks for the call. Hey, Coach, uh, congrats to uh, Elijah, one of the ten finalists for the Julius Serving uh, Award. That well, yeah, out in LA. if we were winning more, he'd be in the top 20 players in the country. He's, he's, his numbers dictate that he should be. Uh, I think he's the leading scorer in our league uh, in the league games, and he's getting five rebounds and four assists a game, which 
is uh, those are pretty good numbers. Not many guys get those numbers, but you know you have to also win. That's how you get those awards. Uh, and obviously you'll remember when uh, you played uh, Julius Irving in college. <laughs> he had a few rebounds. He had, he had a couple, and I remember there was a. Uh, a guy, and I don't remember his name. It was he was a bartender at Mrs. O'Leary's a long time ago. But he had played on that team, and he said when he played, uh, he held uh, Irving to 36 points. I think. Well, he, he had 30, that. I think he had 36, 36 points and 32 rebounds, or <laughs> something like that. Very close to that. Those numbers. He was a, a monster. Yeah. <laughs> Quite interesting. Hey, um, Coach K. Uh, this week, Coach was talking about the NBA draft. And uh, saying that it was hurting the college game, and and I don't know, other guys have said that, but by and it wasn't the one and done guys, but it's the guys who test the waters and don't come back. Right, right. And that it was hurting teams and hurting the college. No question, it hurts the college game. But you know, those guys have every right to go, and they decide they want to go, they go. And even if they don't make it, or they're in the G League someplace or overseas, they've made their choice. And you know, you can't. Uh, you know, you can't uh, uh, take that away. Uh, the problem with the NBA is every once in a while a guy will make it who nobody thought would make it. So now everybody that's coming up the next year said, well, he made it. And, you know, they think, mm -hmm. and that guy was on like a 5% chance to make it, and he made it. But th that doesn't happen very often, and the next guy isn't going to make it. But uh, there's no question it hurts the college game. Uh you know, if we had O'Shea Brissett this year to go with the veteran guys, we the, the young guys we have, his veteran experience would really have helped this team. And it would have made a difference in two or three more wins at least. But every kid has that right to go, and you just, you know, that's the way it is, and that's the way it's, it's going to be now. And it's going to be harder and harder because the league is getting full and there's more and more guys that are trying to come out every year. You know, it just stands to reason those guys aren't going anywhere up there. I mean, every year a few guys retire, but not many. And you've got 40 or 50 guys trying to come into the league, and there's only going to be 20 that are going to make it, so the other 30 are not going to make it. And they're going to play in the G League or play overseas, which is fine. Um, but sometimes I think if you stay in college, you might have a better chance to play in the league and also – when you're done and you don't make it, at least you have your degree and you have something to fall back on when you're done playing, which you're all going to, everybody's going to be done playing someday. But uh, it's it's just human nature that, you know, kids are going to think I can make it. And you don't, I try to warn kids and tell them, but they think you're just being negative to keep them. And uh, I don't like to get into that situation. I, I have had that happen. And uh, now I kind of caution them but i say look if that's what you want to do then you know okay and uh like last year tyus really was sure he wanted to go so we didn't talk about it uh, o'shea i thought should have come back but you know I, I you know he's playing the g league and he's got a two way so he's doing okay and uh you know but uh yeah there's no question twice as many guys are coming out or more than can fit so they're not mm -hmm. going to make it up there and but the, everybody has that right that, to make that decision and go on about, uh, you know, the way you can play in Europe or someplace. We have, we do the stats. I get, I think we have 12 guys or so playing in Europe and six, five or six guys playing in the G League. That's 18 guys still playing basketball who left. Some of them left eight years ago, 10 years ago. They're, they're still st playing. Still playing. 
I heard uh, uh, Rosie Boo, in fact, today talking about that, and he played 16 years yeah. in uh, Europe. Uh, and he said, you know, and it's not the NBA, so it's not like you're uh, that you're not staying at the Ritz and you're no. carrying your own luggage and all that. But they, it, but he obviously loved the experience, and it was a great experience. And, and he made money. He, yep. made, he made pretty good money, and uh, you know got to see a lot of things, and uh, you know, it was a great experience. I mean. Everybody would like that chance to play professional basketball someplace, and there's some great countries to play in, you know, over in Italy and Greece and Turkey, and uh, you know, now guys are in China and Japan. Uh, but there's a lot of places to to play basketball, and there's hundreds and hundreds of American players playing around the world. You know, Germany has 50 Americans probably playing, and Italy, 50, and Spain, and Germany, and France. Uh, each one of those countries has 40, 50 Americans. That's, you know, 300 guys right there. A lot of guys China, playing. Japan. When you consider all the places in the world, all the little places, that England, they're playing. South America, they're playing. Uh, all the uh, Eastern European countries, Lithuania, uh, Slovakia, all those countries have leagues. So there's literally probably five or 600 Americans playing basketball overseas someplace. And you can make anywhere from almost nothing, uh, you know, 30000 to a million, you know. And some and guy, and if you're a pretty good player, you can make a couple hundred thousand dollars over there, which is not bad. And the bottom line is they're doing what they want to do, play, they're, they're, getting paid to play basketball. Yeah. Rick Pitino's back in Greece coaching. He's coaching two of our players. Wes Johnson is playing for him, and Andy Routens is playing for him. Oh, didn't so know that. He's got two guys playing for him. Um, yeah. You're listening to the uh, Coach Jim Beheim Show. We're live here at uh, Carrabba's Italian Grill at the Fayetteville Town Center. Phone lines are open here. It's 424-8599. You can call right up, and we'll get you on with the coach. Coming up next here, right in the home for SU Basketball. Live from Carrabba's, the Coach Jim Beheim Show with Gomez on TK99 and TK105. Back live at Carabas. Gomez here along with head coach Jim Beheim. It's 424-8599. You can then dial up. We'll get you right on with the coach. And Coach, kind of, kind of circling back a little bit to previous segment about uh, uh, Elijah and that, that list that he's on. And like you said, if there were more wins, he'd probably be in the top 20 in that category and get more talk. Yep. Uh, there's really no clear-cut consensus player of the year this year, though, compared to like last year, Zion was the yeah. guy and whatever. This year, there's no real... Like a the, like the guy, he's the top NBA draft on the top of the board. I think they think it's a very very weak draft this year. You know, I don't think they're looking at anybody as being a guy like Zion. You know, it's uh, I I don't even know really who I would think is player of the year. I mean, Carey's very good at Duke, but he has up and up and down games. Navarro from Louisville's had a good year, but not a great year. Um, I think. Uh, you know, uh, Baylor's more of a team. Kansas has been a group thing a little bit more. If you look at the top teams, Gonzaga, uh, all most of the top teams have been a kind of a group thing. You know, there's no one guy that just really stands out. And you say, well, he's going to get the player of the year. It's really, uh, that's really to be determined. That's see how the last part of the year plays out and who really plays well in the last part of the year is going to probably make the decision as who the best player of the year is going to be. 
Now, would that be maybe an incentive for guys to stay then another year if there's no clear-cut guy, or no. is it the other way around? It won't change. It won't change. I mean, the same number of guys are going to come out pretty much every year. There's going to be a draft, and, you know, there's guys that are going to get drafted based on potential. Some guys that haven't even played well are going to get drafted because they do have potential. That's what the NBA is kind of drafting on now more than anything is potential you know where i uh, sit in the dome uh, coach for the games in the press here i sit usually right next to some nba scouts because mm-hmm. there's always a number from there and i know them a little bit just from hanging out there <coughs> and uh one of them was telling me that because i before the duke game i because i see him at every game and he and i said we well, must know all these guys pretty well at this point and he said oh yeah you know we we oh, yeah. the, the eye on the guys he said that he likes to go early though before the game he likes to see how they all stretch out and warm up and how they interact with everybody and their enthusiasm at that part of the game oh yeah everybody we we do that in recruiting too we go to see kids play and you're always looking at all the aspects of uh, of everybody and uh that's that's what you do but there's definitely uh no one that really looks uh to be a big difference maker and Carry is very big, but the NBA guys, they don't need guys like that. They're not using guys like that now. They're using more spacers, guys that can play outside as well as inside. So uh, I don't even know who they would have right now in terms of a, 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 there's nobody that you like say, well, if we get him, it's going to make a big difference. I mean, it's just not aren't really guys like that right now when you're out and you're watching guys play have you ever made a determination on based on what the scout was saying that well you thought he was a good player but you watched how he practiced how he warmed up how he was interacting at that level and changed your mind on him well you know everybody's different you know some guys will really surprise you as you know how well they can play up there and other guys just you think well he should be good and uh, you know the guy struggles you know it's it's it, and again it's very very hard uh to get to the nba and play it's very hard it's not uh, not easy and uh you're never sure who's going to be a guy that's going to go up there and make a big big difference uh some guys surprise you and some guys surprise you the other way <laughs> Uh, Coach, nobody uh, thought Steph Curry was going to be good. Nobody thought Clay Thompson was going to be any good. They're, you know, two of the best players in the NBA. Uh, you know that you could say the same thing about Giannis. Uh, you know, and a couple. Nobody really they knew what he could do. Jimmy Butler was a okay, good player at Marquette, just okay, not great. You know, and uh, he's one of the best in the NBA now. Paul George was well thought of, but Kawhi Leonard was well thought of, but you know they're the the best players in the NBA now. So it's, it's not that easy. I mean, there aren't many guys like LeBron that you just, okay, that's guy, he's going to be great. You know, a lot of guys that are really the best players in the NBA, people were like not too sure exactly what they would be. And uh, you just never know how guys are going to develop as they get as they get into the league and gain experience. Hey, Coach, there's a nice uh, tribute coming up uh, at the uh, end of the month at Loyola Marymount. They're going to unveil a, a statue of uh, Hank Gathers yeah. to mark the 30th anniversary of that Elite Eight run at that uh, amazing Yeah, team. I remember Hank. I remember those guys. They played at Southern Cal, actually. Hank Gathers and his teammate, uh, 
Bowl. Bo Kimball, they were at Southern Cal as like freshmen. They came in here and played, and you know we beat them by about 40. We had a really good team, and then they went back and they ended up transferring to uh, Loyola and uh, made a lot of history there with Paul Westhead running up and down the court, and uh, you know that was a. Very interesting team. They try to score 120 points every game. They just run to run up and down, and they accomplished a lot of that. They were pretty good at it. Uh, I think it was a 122. Is that the highest? For I think that's what they were averaging. I don't know what they 122.4 or something. Yeah. I said the, the article that I read for that team. I don't remember what they. They tried to. They didn't play any defense. They just leave a guy down court sometimes or two, and they just let you score, and then they'd run down and try to make a three. Uh, yeah, it was a different, uh, <laughs> <laughs> different, different, different brand of basketball. Different basketball, or something else. Uh, you're listening to the coach at Jim Beheim show. We're live at the Carabas Italian Grill at the Fayetteville Town Center. The phone lines are open here again. It's a four two four eight five nine nine. Also, in a moment, we'll get an update. Uh, if you read the entire piece, uh, coach, with the Polly and hit the road trip. I didn't read it. I didn't read it. There's uh, interesting side notes to that and stuff that was led on uh, left on the uh, editing room floor, as we say. Was that in Sy on Syracuse.com or just in yes. the paper? Uh, yeah, it was on both. Both, because I looked at Syracuse.com and I didn't see it. There's one. Uh, they probably one. just cut it out. <laughs> Nobody didn't wanted. get enough. Didn't, didn't get enough clicks to, didn't get to enough warrant clicks. staying up. It's <laughs> replaced any, by restaurant reviews. Didn't get any <laughs> clicks at all. But there's a, a great, uh, we'll get to it in a few moments here, but uh, a, a story that didn't make it, but it's, uh, I think, one that you'll find very interesting. We'll get to that coming up next. It's uh, the Coach Jim Beheim Show. We'll be right back here on the Home for SU Basketball. You're listening to the Coach Jim Beheim Show. Want to chat with the coach? Give us a call at 424-8599. This is Syracuse's Classic Rock, TK99 and TK105. Back live. A few four more moments with the head coach, Jim Beheim. 424-8599, the number to call if you want to check in. And the coach, a little uh, research from uh, on-site producer, Polly Sibili. We're going to talk to him in a moment here. But uh, we're talking about Loyola Marymount, just out of curiosity. Uh, they did. It was 122 points a game, is what they averaged that season. Who? Uh, Loyola Marymount, yeah. and, uh, and uh. also the highest scoring tournament game in history. They beat Michigan 149 to 115. Yeah, I mean, they just, we played against Coach Westhead when he was at LaSalle, and he played two guys on defense a lot of the time and kept two guys all the way down the court. So he'd give you a two, and then he'd throw it down and try to get a three from those guys. <laughs> we played them here, and we were a good defensive team. We ended up, I think they got 98 or so against it. I think we had 116, wow. you know, in that area. I mean, we won by 20, but... You know, they were going to score points, and, you know, they gave us layups, and then they'd go down and shoot threes or jump shots. And crazy basketball. <laughs> it was really crazy basketball. They just would put one guy down there or two guys down there, and they'd just throw it up and shoot it. They'd shoot within five seconds probably. It was crazy. <laughs> and that's what he did. He went out to the oil, and they all they did, they did a lot of running in the water. He put his guys in the swimming pool with jackets on, and, and they would run every day in the pool. Really? Every, that's how he trained. They trained that way. And then they ran up and down, and they, they 
Played no defense, but they ran up and down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Pauly was able to dig that up, but the Pauly was the subject of that uh, piece on uh, line and in the in the uh, post standard Driving the games. Driving the games since uh, 03. Mm-hmm. Mike Waters was the, the writer who... Well, we had a guy that followed us for 35 years that drove to the games for 35 or 36 years straight. And, and, he, lived, and he lived in Connecticut, so he drove here for <laughs> all the home games. And then he drove to all the road games. So that, that beats Pauly. But, I mean, Pauly's pretty crazy, but this guy beat everybody. It is pretty crazy. I made, I made a few trips with uh, yeah. with that guy. Did you? So you did overlap a little. Yeah, I was going to yeah, ask you. Yeah. One year we played in, in uh, Arizona. He drove out and back. And we played in California the same year. He drove out and back. <laughs> both both games. California, Florida, uh, Texas, uh, Alabama. We played all those places that he drove to every game. It was unbelievable. Well, I don't know if you were able to catch the whole piece there that uh, Paul is. It's, it's, it's just it's entertaining, and it does answer a lot of questions. It poses many more probably. But, uh, some of it left on the editing room floor, as we say, but the uh, <laughs> Paulie was sharing me this one with me uh, before. I, I've only been pulled over three times while traveling, and on the way to Nebraska a couple years ago on the Sweet 16 run, the cops pulled me over and asked me what I was doing. I said, I'm with Syracuse Radio. I'm on my way to Br- Nebraska. And he looked me deadpan in the face and said, you guys have no business being in the Sweet 16 <laughs> and let me go. Probably right. That's probably right. <laughs> so, but he's, he's like, on your way. So that was. <laughs> Everybody's got an opinion. Coach. <laughs> well, this fans are fans. It's, yeah. it's, it's, at least you, you, it, it is crazy, too. When you, everywhere you go, everybody knows Syracuse basketball. Sure. It, 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 there's not many programs that are, are like that. And <laughs> you tell me what Syracuse are going to have an opinion one way or another. You know? uh, any other gems that were left on the uh, editing room floor? Because I know it was, it was a long interview, a long ride, obviously. Uh, the, the other time I got pulled over, a cop pulled myself and Matt Park was in the car over uh, because we were in an Escalade and he was interested in buying one and just pulled me over to ask me how it handled and how, how if I liked it or not. Well, so, that's interesting. Yeah, I haven't so, heard that one yeah. before. And then he let, and let us go right after that, too. Well, so. That's interesting. It was sporting. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's one of the games we're watching here. Coach Cincinnati uh, by two right now over Wichita State. Yeah, good game. Very good game. 73-71. Hey, uh, other sports notes from the week. Coach, big uh, baseball trade. I'm a big baseball fan, but the Boston Red Sox trading yeah. away their their best player, one of the best players in baseball. Yeah, that's a big shocker. I mean, that's for Boston to give that guy up. He's a great player. Was that yeah. just bad math going back to guys who got contracts? Who Probably too much. You know, I don't know. They had a bad year last year with, with all those money, those guys, and I guess they're redoing it, retooling or whatever. The Yankees look good. They got some good players, and it'll be interesting to see. Baseball's fun. I like to watch baseball in the summertime. Last week we had a, a nice event uh, with uh, Aaron Boone from the, yeah, the Yankees. I met him. He's a nice guy, very nice guy, very grounded, solid, yeah. solid guy. Yeah, seems like a regular guy you could have a yeah. just a regular chat with. Very nice. I did see a couple of pictures uh, show up uh, online uh, at the Dome at some point. I don't know what day or if it was. I don't know. He wasn't at the, the basketball game, though. Was it Duke, the Duke game? He was in town for that. I don't know if he stayed for the game. He came by the, the Mellow, and we talked a little bit. And I, 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 I don't know if he got to the game or not. He did a couple of events up here. 
uh, as far as that trade goes with Mookie Betts, as soon as that happened, uh, Coach, uh, in Las Vegas, the Red Sox odds uh, went from 22 to 1 to 33 to 1 yeah, to win the World Series. He's a really, really good baseball player, so that's a big loss. And the Dodgers, who picked him up, went from 6-1 to one to 4-1 to one yeah. well, just by got, acquiring him. They've got a pretty good team anyway, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, golf notes here, uh, Coach. One, uh, Brooks Kepka had uh, said last week, because golfers get interviewed during the match sometimes or in yeah. between no more for no, him. No, he's not doing he's, that. He's not. He's had enough of that. It's but, hard to do that in golf. You're focused in, and you're all by yourself. You don't have any help, and you want to try to focus on what you're doing. It's hard to all of a sudden just talk about something, break your train of sure. thought. So, yeah, I, I don't. I think that's a good idea for him to do that. <laughs> I know it's popular, obviously, with the networks who'd like to see that, but. I always thought, even in, in the NBA, when they, they'll grab uh, a coach during the game. Well, the coaches hate that. They've got to, right? I know Greg Popovich oh, is really not a, no, not they, a big they fan. They hate it. But, you know, it's just it's the TV contract. They wanted more money, so they got a little more money, and they made the coaches do it. And you don't have much choice up there. Commissioner says you're doing it. You're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, just in, in these in coaches at, at halftime of uh, – whatever football or basketball i always felt just watching it that it was a little intrusive during the game situation let, let, let it yeah. play out and do it afterwards yeah nobody likes that nobody uh phil mickelson uh said coach that uh, he would not take an exemption to get into the u.s open he yeah, said, uh, he said i want to earn it and well, if i don't then i'm not going to get it he called it a sympathy boat <laughs> but if he qualifies well, great if not he just won't play in it this year well that's a good thing but i i always thought that uh you know guys the special players like that sh- I, I always thought it was good for them to get an exemption. But, you know, I understand what he's saying. I think it's, a, you know, very worthy. It's a great game. Cincinnati and Wichita State, they're just playing great. Back and forth, though, is, that, is that 12 seconds left in the game? Uh, it's not many. Wichita, it's been back and forth, shot after shot. It's been a really, really good 79-77 uh, timeout. It looks like there's about 12 seconds left at, uh, at uh, Wichita State. Uh, the NBA All-Star game in the weekend uh, coming up here, Coach. The uh, Celebrity All-Star roster uh, announced for the Celebrity All-Star oh. game. Uh, the head coach of the uh, one team is going to be Stephen A. Smith. Okay. And the Michael Wilbon uh-huh. is coaching uh, the home team. They're going to let the quarterback play or is he not? Uh, Patrick Mahomes said he, he would love to play in it, but if you're the Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs, are you, are you no. letting him anywhere <laughs> A celebrity. Well, some of those guys, line. some of those guys play basketball. I mean, they they do. Some of them do play. So I don't know. Some of it probably have a contract thing, though, of what they can and can't do. But uh, I don't, I would think they. You're not likely to get hurt playing basketball. It's probably. not at that. Especially pace. In, at the all. It's it's, it's a, a celebrity, celebrity game. It's yeah. it's like they're a not, pro-am. It's just they're a, not going after it that hard. So yeah, I'm sure he's a pretty good player too. <laughs> well, and I, I, was he not drafted for a baseball as well? I mean, wasn't he recruited yeah. as a baseball well, I player? I think he's a great athlete. He's uh, a great athlete, great quarterback. I picked him to win the Super Bowl just because of him. I figured he would do something, and he did. <laughs> uh, Dwight Howard back in the slam dunk contest. Oh, yeah. The, That's for interesting. For the first time in quite some time. That's interesting. He can still dunk. <laughs> uh, I was like talking to Danny Chase, he came up with a, a question. I was going to use it, Coach, but I think it might be too hard because we were talking originally about foul shooting with him, uh, and he was pretty good at it. 
yeah. uh, for the most part. Good but shooter. It, he was talking about the, the triple overtime game that Leo Routon said to tip in yep. against Villanova. Mm-hmm. That I remember as I was at that game in the Dome, but I don't remember the part prior to that where Raleigh Massimino had a technical call because he called a timeout that he didn't have or something. Well, actually, and, that happened after the tip in. Oh, okay. Leo tipped it in to give us the lead. And so we had a two-point lead, and there was not much time left. I don't think there was more than three or four seconds. And they took a timeout, so now we got uh, the ball. At that time, you got the ball back and the foul shot. So, you know, we were going to win then. Oh. But they only had three seconds maybe or two to go the length of the court. So, I mean, I think we were in good position. But, he, yeah, they did get it, try to get a timeout that they didn't have. And uh, Danny went out and sunk the shot. Yeah. Made the made the uh, the difference, yeah. which is good. But he also uh, mentioned that the song when he played at that Manly Fieldhouse, uh, every night, every home game, the same song played over the PA system when the team came out from the locker room out onto the court. And this, I didn't remember this until he said it, but I remember going to games at Manly Fieldhouse, and I asked you, and you were you were kind of close, but I didn't, didn't, didn't quite I didn't get it. I didn't remember this one. Uh, I was going to make that like a tr- uh, question because I do have a pair of tickets to the Georgia Tech game. Uh, I, that might be a little too deep. You think anybody would I get that? I don't know. That? They might. I'm not sure. Well, tell you what. And uh, Jordan's back at the radio station. So, Jordan, you can j- just t- take some calls and offline. I'll, I'll give you the answer to the question there. But it's uh, 424-8599. If everybody remembers that from uh, Manly Fellows, I know it's old school going way back there, but uh, what was the song that played through the PA system when the SU team came out of the locker room onto the court? As soon as that song started, the place went nuts. That part I do remember. So uh, if you know that, you can call, and uh, Jordan will take your uh, guesses there. But I've got the uh, tickets here, and we'll get the information. But in the meantime, uh, Wake Forest, Coach, coming up 8 o'clock on uh, Saturday night. Let's get ready. Get ready, and we'll talk to you tomorrow in the paint and see you back here next week. Uh, and thanks to everybody here at Carabas and uh, Polly, the internet famous Polly Sebelia uh, today, and uh, Jordan back at the Rock and Roll Radio Ranch right here on the Home for SU Basketball.